0: After going through the frustration of not being able to find something that would work out of the box, I decided just do what usual developer would do, just create your own. (laughs) I was trying to create something that would hopefully be useful for other people as well. What's your reason for being a digital nomad? I do like traveling. I never like regular office atmosphere. Yeah, I would suggest to do it. (laughs)
1: Sarvayan calling in from Sicily, right? Is that correct?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Excellent. I think you're our first
0: caller from Italy at all for the history of the podcast. So welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian. I'm in Sicily right now, a beautiful city called Catania. Looking forward for the show. Yeah. So, do you want to go ahead and share your background? Also, I know that
1: w- literally we we spoke a couple months ago, and you were in Germany. So, do you want to speak about your your background as a
0: digital nomad, as well as like your work currently in the web space? So basically, my background is that for the last five years, I was living in Germany. And it's been already months that I have switched to the digital nomad lifestyle. I'm working on the company called Io, And it's a company behind a popular ad blocker, which is called Adblock Plus. So I'm involved in the uh, mostly in the UI development. I'm in the UI team. I'm also a former website module owner. Uh, So I was dealing a lot with uh, uh, localization, internationalization of the websites, and also the actual UI of the Adblock pass.
1: Excellent, cool. And uh, I guess what's your reason for being a digital nomad, though? I'm I'm curious on the rotating of the different spaces since we've talked.
0: Yeah, I think one of the main reasons is that I do like traveling. And secondly, I never like like regular office atmosphere, so if you if one can like work from wherever that person works and can use that chance, yeah, I would suggest to do
1: it. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I guess that comes in handy with some of the work you've been doing with your side project, like CMNS, I think I pronounced that correctly, as well as some of the multi-language support you've been doing as well around that project. So do you want to talk about multi-language support and the web and how you sort of I guess made an it itch into solving that problem.
0: I wouldn't say that I have solved the problem. Because okay. Yeah. I don't think that anyone yet solved like uh, internationalization problem completely. Yeah, that, that is definitely fair. So yes, I was lately uh, developing a, a project which I'm actually not entirely sure what is the right pronunciation for it, but I uh, do pronounce it cements. Cements. Yeah, it stands for like CMS with internationalization, but. It's actually a static site generator, but you can also run it on your uh, server as well. So what was the purpose for creating your own static site generator? Because I know
1: there's a lot out there as a day. I guess if you go to staticgen.com, you'll see hundreds actively being maintained. So what's uh, for Like, what's the reason for it?
0: Yes, exactly. So there are a lot of static site generators, and it was, uh, I don't know, like one and a half, ports Two years ago, uh, I actually wanted to create a website for myself for m- one of my side projects. The issue I faced upon is that I noticed that none of the existing studies uh, generators were fulfilling all my requirements. And even though it would be possible to meet them with additional plugins and additional modifications, I wanted something like out of the box because I didn't want to maintain like the Modules and as an additional chance that I would introduce into the actual static site generator. And after going through the frustration of a couple of months, not being able to find like something that would work out of the box perfectly with all my requirements, I decided just do what usual developer would do. Just create your own. (laughs) So yeah, I was trying to create something that hopefully be useful for other people as well.
1: Yeah, so I see a lot of call-outs. Like, there's a lot of open-source projects I always have like a call-out and say, hey, we want to make support for Japanese or we want to have support for these different right-to-left languages. I think uh, Kenzie Dodds, who's been on this program before, has talked about working in right-to-left languages with PayPal. So if I am working on an open-source project or if I'm working on a marketing site on the Jamstack, like, how do I approach sements, and how do I sort of interact like with my different translations? Like, How are they stored,
0: I guess, is what I'm getting at. Okay, so if your question about like the languages that are using like a different direction, it mostly have almost nothing to do with what static site generator you would use. Yeah. It's mostly about layouting correctly because if you're saying like HTML tags that uh, using like dear attributes saying it's like right to left document, the layout would shift if you're using like Write markup and uh, correct styles, then uh, it would work the way that you would expect. But there are some common issues that people face when they are, for example, having like the right or left margin, and whenever like the layout shifts, uh, they would need to adjust that as well. So it's always a good idea uh, whenever you're uh, developing a, a layout to consider a solution that wouldn't require uh, adaptation for different languages. And otherwise, yeah, it's like the classic solution just it for specific directional languages.
1: Okay, so yeah, instead of installing left pad mm-hmm. initially in your project, get right pad installed, if that uh it exists. Sorry, bad joke, I'm just, uh, just throwing that one out there.
0: Yes, yes. If uh, RTL exists, like applies uh, changes or designs ways that you wouldn't need to do it. For example, using Flexbox where uh, possible, some other modern solution.
1: So I'm curious if there are any, aside from Cements, if there's any other projects out there that solve this whole translation problem and being able to quickly be able to the flip on or do some localization based on tracking pixels or whatever you're Domain that you're searching from?
0: Are there any other popular projects that help solve this problem? In general, there are uh, a lot of static site generators that also say that uh, their world is a multi language website, but most of them are using like, an approach which is like one local per page. So basically, what it means is that you're creating like a separate page for each language, let's say you have like the content for your page in english and in german and in spanish and the problem with that approach is usually in scalability so it's fine if you're developing a project like wikipedia when each content in each language is can be different but it's making things complicated when you need to use like translation management system work with the translators and keep scaling For example, what I wanted to do is write my content in a markdown and be able to assign string IDs and description to specific text so I can communicate with the translators if there is any specific information that they need to take into the consideration when translating and also be able to use other TMS to synchronize with uh, some so it's like a different approach. One is using like your translating page completely, and whenever there is a change in original text, it's really hard to track what exactly has been changed in the translation. Yeah, For handling translations, I've been on two
1: types of projects. One where we thought of localization from the beginning. So we've had the ID set up within the project. We have proper translations, and then we need to change copy. That previous company, we only had two different translations, English and Spanish. But there's other companies where we started with no translations and no localization. So like, where would you begin if you have no translations, but you want to take this step into localizing your,
0: your project? There are different approaches. Whether uh, you would go with a easier approach, which would probably be Use, for example, again, like the uh, local page and you end up doing probably what a lot of people are doing, just save to the translator, here is a whole content translated to another language. Or you will need to assign strings to each paragraph, let's say, and then be able to maintain it in a more maintainable way but other than that there are other issues that may arise for example if you're originally designed a layout for one language you probably didn't consider that in other languages but maybe it might be that you were using like the fixed width and in the other languages the words are becoming much more bigger and you need to adjust your layout to be more flexible and do not consider only expected uh, for specific language. Then it again scales down to the question whether you need to support right to left language or not. And uh, I think I've touched uh, also some common localization issues in the latest blog post I've published in my blog with video recording of my slides, where I also discuss some common issues, which are basically also relevant to what we are discussing right now. So I'll also try to be sure to put the link into the show notes so people can also check it out and have actual examples of how that common issue look like and what approach they can use to fix it. I'll make sure to, uh, I've been running a, uh, a separate JamPix site too as well,
1: so I'll make sure to include that there too that's jampix.netlify.com. So I'm I'm curious when you're managing different languages, like how do you approach things like SEO and handling font files? Cuz I imagine going from like the ones with characters like Chinese and Japanese and Arabic, like how do you manage mm-hmm. font files and SEOs with other countries in mind as well?
0: Okay, so usually things with Chinese, Japanese and Korean characters is becoming much more complicated other than dealing with other languages. As soon you're supporting more languages, you will also need to ensure that your font itself is uh, supporting those languages. And the more you're supporting, the bigger the font pile is getting. And one approach yeah. for dealing with that is to splitting like actual font into the smaller chunks. Let's say you can extract like English or Russian characters, and say whenever a page is loaded and it's contained characters that are within current range, load specific fonts. So in that case, you don't need to load, let's say, full 100 megabyte fonts that support all the languages, including Chinese, Japanese, and Korean, but rather only fonts that is only relevant for a specific page. That's one approach. Yeah, so this is mean naive as, as you explain
1: this. I'm thinking of how CDNs are set up. And like if I'm gonna host this on AWS or whatever, mm-hmm. my assumption is there's gonna be different data centers within those different regions. So would it make sense to have on the edge identify fonts that might be mainly used in those regions and make sure they're cached prematurely that way? Like, is that possible? Like, I think if I were to solve this problem today and I had to approach this, I might have to look at the edge and see maybe in this region, leverage mainly Japanese and Chinese characters, but if it's New York, maybe do that less, but still do it. Sure, absolutely.
0: Is that possible? Well, adding additional cache is, yeah, it's a good idea for considering like this CDN, but anyway, the user will download font once and it will be cached locally. So the biggest challenge, I think, is about printing into the chunks, so uh, how much you would... Try to cache it. They again need to. Yeah, you'll cache it on the server side, but they still need to download it. And if they're on the slower connection, that may still cause some issues. Excellent. So I don't know if there's anything else we can cover about this multi-language
1: support. If maybe you have any other sort of best practices or wins that you have, maybe personal experiences that you can share.
0: Uh, sure, absolutely. There are a lot of aspects like people need to take into consideration when they're developing multilanguage website. So one of the thing is, for example, serving a relevant content. And the challenge is that uh, with uh, static site stat generators, uh, you're not always have that possibility that, for example, user visiting like your homepage and depending on the geolocation or language preference, you would like to serve specific page. You might not have that ability. For example, yeah, you can do the set up redirects in netlify but let's say if one hosting the website you know on a github page or gitlab page is becoming more challenging so what people are usually doing in that case sometimes they're also having like the javascript redirects on the client side to redirect to the relevant page in general that's one of the challenge and it's good even though people are using like site generators they could also solve that issue and that's one of the things that for example when i'm traveling and it's quite uh, annoying me quite a lot for example whenever i'm in italy or in germany i'm getting served like a german or italian advertisement even though i don't have like my browser set up as uh, italian or german set up as my language preference so that's something that it would make sense to take into consideration. There is also one thing that if you're creating strings and you need to support also order of the text. So let's say you have a sentence and you have like a links and other simple markups, let's say, and it's good to take into the consideration that in different languages, the order of the word can be different and ensuring that the solution you are using for localization, it also supports switching the order of the tags.
1: Excellent. Well, I mean, you do have your, I guess your site that you mentioned too as well, which is manville.me. You have your talks there. So I do recommend listeners to check that out, check out those talks and check out some of the content you're putting out there. I think this is definitely like a problem that, that people will have to solve more and more in the future. And I see more, like I mentioned before, more and more projects or reaching out trying to find translators because they're trying to set themselves to succeed in, in new spaces. Just recently, a few weeks ago, my employer at GitHub sent out a, a tweet saying we're hiring in India, which is going to be a whole other slew of trying to support languages in the future. So, with that being said, like we are always looking for ways to solve these problems. And like, Cements isn't all Of everything in the bag of tricks, I think it's a good step in the right direction. If you're already using a static site generator, so I think listeners, if you did not get that spelling, it's C M I N T S, so Cements. I'm gonna set CMS for internationalization. So, with that being said, Manville, if you don't mind, I'm gonna transition us to picks. These are jam picks, things that keep us going. Could be food related, could be entertainment, could be tech related as well. I have almost a tech pick, but I'm curious, would you like to go first? Sure,
0: absolutely. I'll start with uh, drones because I've get lately obsessed with uh, drones, and uh, unfortunately, I've lost one in Malta a couple of weeks ago. But thankfully, I got a new one. Uh, You're not like breaking international laws by losing drones in Malta. (laughs) So be careful with uh, high winds and interference (laughs) for remote controls. Next pick would be a youtube video from computer file about internationalization by tom scott so that's something i would also recommend to have a look if you're trying to make your website multilingual and coming back to your question what would one consider if i need to translate the website that's a resource i'll definitely recommend to watch first Excellent. Yeah, one thing to mention, I do have a small pocket drone that I got for speaking
1: at a conference once, and I pulled that thing out like every once in a while just to annoy my wife but also have fun with my son. And uh, the pocket ones are so challenging because like just having an open window and having a breeze, those things like get knocked around all the time. But yeah, I'm a big fan of drones, but I am also scared that I'll lose them pretty frequently. So I'm gonna transition to my picks as well. I had one pick, which is kind of like a tech pick, but not really. I was hanging out at RailsConf actually last week, and one of my coworkers mentioned about them trying to learn a new language. So she changed her entire phone to French, which I think is like a, since we're talking about languages, actually the thought of this, because I'm trying to hopefully before the end of the year become fluent in Spanish, or at least conversational. And uh, I've like, hit some sort of like ceiling of actually putting myself out there and speaking. In Spanish. So I did switch my phone for a little bit, but switch it back out of uh, intimidation. But my goal is to hopefully switch my phone to Spanish so that way I can be a little more fluent before the end of the year and a little more confidence. I think one of the things I noticed when I was in Japan uh, a couple months ago is everything, because some of the local apps for navigation automatically switch everything to Japanese. And not knowing what character is what is like extremely intimidating. So I was like very, very paranoid to put myself out there and go explore too far. So that's my one pick. My other pick is uh, I ended up making bagels. So, episode 39, I had a pick of I was starting to make sourdough and we made a sour bro joke. But the guest on that episode, Ben, he had mentioned about a bagel recipe. So, go back to that episode to find the recipe because I did that recipe and it came out successful. So, I made plain bagels and I made everything bagels, which leads me to my final pick, and that's um, Trader Joe's, which is a local grocery store chain based here in the in the States. I think actually originally they were German. Maybe the brothers were German. But regardless, they have everything bagel seasoning. And it's great because everything except the fennel seeds, which are like the, the most bitter part of the everything bagel seasoning. For listeners who are not, I realize we're talking about multi support. So if you aren't familiar with everything bagel seasoning, it's just like garlic and onion salt and all these great flavors together that can go in anything. So I personally believe everything bagel seasoning is like the new sriracha. I can literally put it on anything and it works. So those are all my picks. I know they're all a mouthful. I think everybody's like mouth is watering as I explain these bagels, but um, follow me on Twitter to see what these actually look like. And uh, with that, Manvel, thank you very much for coming on and talking about multi support, Siemens, and your background as a digital nomad. Hopefully listeners got a lot of things to start turning in their brain to maybe start thinking about how to solve multi support on their sites. Cool. And with that, listeners, keep spreading the jam. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio.